Sucker the save. What? Danny? Fast sucker. Fair, 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 fair sucker the save. Fair sucker the save. Fair oh, sucker the save. For a second, I forgot what country we're in. That's um, right. All this talk uh, as about As you can tell Japan. by my impeccable accent. It's amazing, yeah. Fair sucker the save. Fair sucker the save. What's that mean? Um... That's terrifying. Fair a, a, sa- a salve, I believe, re- refers to a saveloy, which is a sausage. <laughs> oh, okay, of course. Uh, so what? Yeah. So fair suck of the sausage. Yes. What's that mean? Is that it the, means you've got real to go be kidding? You've got to be. Oh, that's a fair suck of the save. Fair suck of the save. I wonder if this is like some uh, top of the morning to you shit, where it's like <laughs> probably all the Aussies listening yeah. to this are like, are God like, damn it, really, really. Ugh, I guess my kangaroo <laughs> down sport. <laughs> Why don't you throw another shrimp on the Barbie ass? Yeah, knifey spoony, all the classics. Hey, Danny, what's up, Drew? The Australian GP happened. It did. It happened. First race of the season. I know. Oh, but it feels like it was like manna from down under. It was, it was great. It's like an old friend coming to town. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, I remember all this. I remember formation laps. I remember <laughs> right. Hamilton in pole position. <laughs> <laughs> all the all the classic touchdowns, and I got to watch it. I watched it live. Awesome. Yeah, yeah me yeah. too. It was. Uh, yeah, it was good times. We had. I went to a person's house and we drank beers and had food. Yeah. Wow. I was in a cabin in the middle of Mendocino. Wait. <laughs> Nowhere. But I still managed to You're ruin. You in the woods? Ruined my perfectly good <laughs> getaway with my wife with, with fast F1 cars. But it this, was, is, this is Shift F1, Danny. It is. You're Danny O'Dwyer. I am. A podcast about speedy race cars. Still. It is. The name changed, but the focus has not. No. Yum, yum, yum. Although we have a new section this week. Did you watch qualifying? I did not. We'll talk about it's cool. I did. I missed it. I saw the results and went, "Yep, <laughs> yes, indeed." Unfortunately, my that was on the drive up to said cabin, so <laughs> I was uh, I was driving myself, making great pace. I drove about two hundred miles. Wow, this week Which I by yourself. I haven't driven with your license. With my well, my wife is there because otherwise, I need my mom sitting beside me on my current <laughs> uh, <laughs> license situation. Uh-huh. Um, but it was fun. I went on freeways and I went. I was up, you know. Ju- Going around the Mendocino Coast up on Highway 1, that is fun. Yes. It's a lot of fun up there. Yes, it really, really um, is. And our, our With ra- your automatic transmission. I know. We dr- it's a four-wheel drive RAV4. Nice. But uh, it's also, like, quite old. So it was a little bit... It, it struggles on the hills. But it was fun. I really enjoyed it. I feel like I came back and I'm like, oh, I know how to drive again. So I have my driver's <laughs> license uh, test in for uh, um, first week of May, I think. Okay. And then I'm going to maybe buy a car. Whoa. And I might need everyone's help on that. Okay. Because I want to buy a fun... I haven't owned a car in like 15 years. Mm-hmm. I want to buy a stupid fun car. <laughs> like, I don't care if it's like... If I have to get like a, you know, third hand, sixth hand thing. But as long as it's a little bit of fun. Something with manual transmission, though. I don't know. Because yeah, then my wife might have trouble with it. I, I would love to have manual back. But it's... Learning the other way is like... That's... Hard. Like learning, learning automatic is not that difficult. It's just like this is weird. I don't have to worry about like the handbrake or clutches anywhere near as much as I did. Like mm-hmm. especially here in the Bay Area where there's hills everywhere. Yeah. To not have to worry about that shit is like crazy. And then just like putting it in park and things like that. <laughs> like, what the fuck? But like the other way around is like it's a whole different discipline of driving. Yeah, driving a car. Like I've, I'd love to. I love that whole feeling, especially on the you know being in charge of your revs a lot more, which you're not on an automatic car. Right. Um. Especially on the highway when you're trying to get up to speed. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I don't think I could do that. Do you have automatic? You have automatic. You're I have not cheap, automatic. right? Yeah. yeah. Would you like to manual? Would you like that manual? Um, have you driven no, manual before? I'm good. Uh, yes, I have. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't need it. I don't miss it. All right. Uh, yeah, 
got my got my Toyota Tacoma. Yeah, you got a big old truck. Yeah, that's a fun one. I'm American. <laughs> it's super American. Yeah. Oh, I drove across uh, on the way back. We drove across the Golden Gate Bridge, and then down around San Francisco, and then across the Bay Bridge, mm-hmm. uh, which is my first time driving across either of those. Oh, really? Yeah, which was cool. Which was really cool. Yeah. It was good fun. Bridges are fun. I know. Yeah. It's great. I could hear Phantom Planet singing in my head about California while I was driving across <laughs> and the wind blowing through my air. Anyway, shall we talk about Formula One? Speaking of manual cars. Yes. Transmissions. The most manual. Formula One. The first thing I noticed watching qualifying was that we have brand new graphics. Oh, yeah. yeah. That don't turn up for most of the race. Yeah, well, <laughs> apparently they were having some problems with their... Uh, with their uh, the feed oh, or... What do you call it? Uh, whoever does the original... Chiron. Chiron, is that well, is that the software or is that the it's company? This, it's well, it's like the software hardware thing. Ah, I don't know that if it's as ubiquitous as it used to be, but it used to be the thing that ran computer graphics for like most TV stations. I think Gamespot had one. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's like a TriCaster, but it's like yes. well, it's like graphics. Yeah. Yeah. So they yeah, I kept tripping out during the race, which was really off-putting at the start because the lap times weren't up, lap lap numbers weren't up, and right. I was like taking notes. I'm like, what the? F-? I'm just guessing. <laughs> like I was counting as they were going around. I was like writing it down. They had to um, bring it in, like they brought it in from the right instead of like had oh it on really? The left. So just like someone just typed it in. That's so funny. <laughs> like, here it is. Like this overlay. Is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey man, that's live TV. Yeah. But yeah, there's now um, instead of. Uh, so there's a graphic now that'll show you um, the current car and if that car has uh, done the best sector time. Okay. But not only that, they've divided up each of the three sectors into their own little segments. Oh, that's quite cool. So you can see uh, if this guy did the yeah. fastest like subsector. sub-sector. That's weird. Um, yeah, MotoGP has done stuff like this for a while. Right. Uh, as has um, uh, supercars. Cool. Um, so if you're if you're watching qualifying, or I think they even do this in the race, but um, purple means fastest overall. Yeah. Green means personal best. Okay. Uh, and gray means no improvement. Yeah. So um, I thought that was really That's cool. That's cool. Uh, also, before the race uh, started, um, Verline apparently yeah. uh, still having some back trouble. Right. Um, or maybe not necessarily still having back trouble, but as a result of his back trouble, as a result of the accident he sustained in right. the race of champions, yeah. he was not able to um, do as much fitness preparation for the yeah. race and thus said, uh, ah, I'm maybe not Let's prepared not for it. this race. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the Sauber backup driver, Antonio Giovinazzi. Yeah, perhaps the most Italian sounding person I've ever yes. heard. <laughs> Sorry, let me, let me take that away again. <clears throat> Antonio Giovinazzi. Perfect. Vinny would be so angry. Uh, filled in for him. Yeah. Um, Roland seemed to be a little bit, you know, fine. I think he saw coming. He seemed to be pretty magnanimous with the whole thing. He was like, just not fit enough to do it. So yeah. it's disappointing, but it's best decision for the team. And uh, team principal Monisha Kaltenborn uh, says that he will I be back. I love that name. Is Monisha there? Monisha, yeah. <laughs> uh, says that Pascal will be back in China as planned. Um, but uh, China. Giovinazzi says, uh, I received a text message this morning from Ferrari and my manager. Actually, they informed me last night, but it was too late for me. I was already in bed. So I found out only this morning when I woke up <laughs> that I would be driving in a Formula One race. Yeah, I heard I heard that you thought it might have been a joke initially. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair play. A uh, um, few more pre-race notes. Haas was forced to remove their T-wing. Oh, were they? Uh, which was on the back of their shark fin. Wait, and- just them? So, yeah, because they're 
in free practice one, it was like wiggling around oh, a lot. And right. the FAO is like, nah, it's not going to fly. They don't like or that. Or it, well, might, it fly, might fly. That's why, <laughs> that's why we're concerned. Uh, Stroll did indeed crash in free practice three. Yeah. Um, He's going for a stroll around. Uh, <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Had to replace his gearbox. Uh, also, Ricardo crashed in Q3. Which yeah. Is, um, so I missed, I missed the crash. Where was? Do you remember where it was? I saw he started from the pitch. I think it was, kind of piece it was together. Six, 16, wherever the one was, people kept sliding off. It right. was like, like real big gravel trap area. He, he slid off. And, oh, and, so like after the, the bendy strikes, probably. Yes. Before and, and kind of backed into the wall and uh, had okay. to replace his gearbox as well. And um, both of them, him Don't and Stroll. Don't want to crash in P3. It's no. Too close to everything else. Yep. Because if you if you crash in Q three, the race is the closest or thing, P- and so you have to yeah. fix your car. Wait, it was Q three or P three? Uh, Ricardo crashed in Q three. Oh, Q three. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, god. Yeah. Stroll crashed in V three. Free practice three. Yeah. Okay. Uh, both of them were issued five place grid spot penalties for having to replace their gearboxes. Yeah, don't worry uh, about it. Ricardo says, "I don't crash into the barriers often." He's right. Uh, and the last place I want to do that is at home, but I feel I crashed for the right reason, as I was basically pushing and trying to find the limit. And these things happen, so let's say I'm not disappointed by the approach. It was just more of a frustrating outcome. Uh, I feel for the mechanics because they've had a long week now, and they've got a long night ahead of them. Yeah, he's lucky he's he's got the uh, good graces of the team behind him. This is a situation where if like you'd somebody, for instance, like Daniel Kvyat last year, who had a target placed on his back, if you crash in the first, you know, lap or you know before the first race starts, that's not particularly good. So yeah. I think everyone felt sorry for Ricardo, um, especially because it's his home race and he always has problems here. Um, whether it's like getting on the podium and then getting taken off the podium or <laughs> crashing his car, and I think like you know, yeah, disappointing. Leave the weekend behind him, but he really needs to pull it out next race. Yeah, uh, Stroll's car was managed to be fixed in time for qualifying. Mm. He set a lap but uh, unfortunately due to that grid spot penalty he started last on the grid so didn't here, matter here is the grid uh lewis hamilton on pole oh. position look at that hey lewis where's his uh, friend his friend valtteri botas is mm. in third because d- sebastian d- Vettel is d- in second oh shit yeah competitive ferrari and then the other ferrari is in fourth Kimi raikkonen mm. uh verstappen in fifth nice work grosjean in I know. sixth right check that out mr gene house <laughs> Uh, Felipe Massa starting in seventh, uh, Carlos Sainz Jr. in eighth, Danny Cafiat in ninth, and Perez rounding out the top ten. Daniel Ricciardo again got through to Q3, but uh, has that grid spot penalty, so yeah. he's down in fifteenth. Eleventh is Hulkenberg, Alonso's twelfth, Ocon in thirteenth, Ericsson in his Sauber in fourteenth, Ricciardo again fifteenth, uh, Antonio Giovinazzi in sixteenth, Magnussen in seventeenth, Van Dorn in eighteenth. Julian Palmer in 19th, and Stroll in 20th. Uh, but our friend Ricardo did not even get to sit in his 15th nah, man. box. <laughs> the bad luck continues. Mm. He broke down on the, uh, what do you call that? The outlap, the, the siding yeah. lap, the installation lap. It's yeah. the lap before. The formation lap. The formation lap. Yeah. It's the, the one that you gets come out of the pit the and then you go onto the grid. Yeah. Uh, he didn't even make it to the grid. Right, he, wow. Apparently there was a, an electrical sensor failure. On that uh, near gearbox, wasn't it? Probably. I think it was. As a result. Yeah. Uh, so they, they brought him back to the car garage to, uh, to work oh, on Oh, the it. car garage. The car garage. As opposed to the human garage. <laughs> right. The hospital. Uh, <laughs> um, and even then, uh, yeah. people can't get their act together. No. And we have an aborted, aborted start. You don't see that a lot. 
No, we got one or two last year. We had one last year anyway, I think, because somebody slid into the wrong box. And it seemed like something like that happened this year. There was two problems, apparently. Danny Kvyat, there was an issue with him. Uh-huh. The, the, I think a brake fire, maybe? Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. And then also, I think somebody slid into Daniel uh, Ricardo's box, right? Yeah. So to speak. <sighs> nice. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, with that confusion, Charlie Whiting, the race director, yeah. decided to just send Do everybody over, on again, uh, which drops it down to a fifty-seven lap race. Correct. Um, which is good for Ricardo because he's still feverishly being worked on. Yeah, in, in the tr- garage yeah, by the mechanic. They're literally trying to see if they can start his car by the time the, the lights go out. Yes, they do not. However, uh, the start happens without them. Um, do you want to take us through the start? Sure. Um, yeah, all eyes on Hamilton and Vettel, I guess, at the, the start of uh, the race to see um, if um, if Sebastian can get up the inside of him, especially because Hamilton had been complaining about grip on the, the start-finish straight, especially on his side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, as it happened, both of them got away pretty good. In fact, the top four sort of all seemed to get away um, relatively um, well. Um, yeah, and even Verstappen was right behind them all. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty good. Um, the, uh, you know, first turn of a first race with a bunch of new drivers or a bunch of drivers in new cars, um, always interesting. And uh, no contact. They all got around pretty good yeah. on the first two turns at least. Uh, and, and, and these new tires. Like, yeah. They have not really been driven in anger. No, and the, the, cars, conditions. the cars are also significantly wider so mm-hmm. there's a lot to sort of that's a good point too get, you know there's less room for everyone to, to go you know three wide as it were which happens a lot in the first uh, lap uh, but we did have a little bit of um uh, contact uh, in the back of the field around that turn three uh, yeah. which ended up with uh, mark Ericsson and kevin magnuson uh, on the um on the uh, gravel out there um but uh yeah it, it looked like um or at least according to the stewards uh, after the race, <clears throat> uh, that Ericsson, uh on the outside of the turn, Magnuson on the inside, Ericsson did leave, this is quoting the stewards, Ericsson did leave enough room, and Magnuson, who was fully on the inside, took yeah. a reasonable line, but unfortunately the action of the curb forced him, Magnuson wide, and mm. caused the collision. The stewards determined that this was a racing incident, and neither driver drove in violation of Article 24.7. <laughs> I'm sorry, 27.4. Is that another one that England are bringing to the EU? <laughs> Article to another letter on the way. Uh, yeah, it was it was Magnussen's fault. Uh, you know, not his fault by it was a racing incident, but it was a shame. He, he, yeah, yeah, he popped the curb and basically like lost. It's like that thing that happens. You're, you're turning, turning, and then suddenly when you're airborne, it doesn't really matter if you're turning anymore. Right. Uh, he lost grip and basically just pushed Ericsson uh, right out. Magnussen got a puncher. Um, did Ericsson restart? Magnussen was able to get out of the gravel. Uh, I think both of them were able to get, get, get out, out of the gravel, gravel which is amazing. Yeah. That, that shit's deep. Um, but both of them did end up having to retire their cars yeah. uh, later in the race. Um, Ericsson tweeted after the fact, uh, regarding lap one incident, no hard feelings between me and Kevin Magnussen. Mm. He came up after the race and apologized, so we're all good. Hashtag ME9, hashtag 20, F1 2017. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, hashtag overtake, Perez on Kvyat. Oh, it was so good. Yeah, it was. It was a good thing it was, because... We were in the. I was in the chat room, the, the Discord, uh, chatting to everyone, and about six laps in, everyone was like, "Was there an overtake yet?" <laughs> everyone was like, "Paris, Paris, thank you for that." That was about it. Yeah, um, uh, that yeah. was was that first lap, right? That was the first lap. Yeah, real, real gutsy move down the inside. Yeah, uh, so early in the race on those cold, untested tires. Right, Paris um, is yeah. He's taking his time this year. It's good to see. Hulkenberg, who was behind Perez, also tried it on Kvyat. Um but uh, no dice. <clears throat> and actually, the loss of the momentum from the attempt uh, mm. allowed Alonso to pass Hulkenberg yeah. for 11th. 
Good job, Fernando. I think the the biggest, like the most surprising thing in this early part of the race was the fact that Fettel stayed with Hamilton. Yes, totally. Everyone was waiting for it. Uh, but by lap three, um, we should also say that Dan Ricciardo is still in the pits this entire time. Yes. Um, he does come out on lap three um, yep. as they're rounding it. Uh, but yeah, Vettel basically sticking it to, to the back of Hamilton the whole way around. Yeah. I mean, not only does this demonstrate that the cars are more evenly matched than we've seen, the mm. Ferrari and the Mercedes, but also that Vettel is not as concerned about his tires right. as we've seen in years past. Well, he doesn't have to be this year because they're a lot more durable, um, right. which helps. Especially, I mean, as, as well, this is a track with not the longest straights mm. uh, for the Mercedes to take advantage of. It's quite a twisty thing. Um, which also, I think, just benefits Vettel generally. He's good at like finding you know microseconds out of his corners. Um, so yeah, certainly on this track, they were right together. We'll see what happens when you get to China. It's yeah. got a lot of. It's got the longest straight in F one, right? That's a good point. Uh, Vettel said uh, after the race about this particular part. Uh, yes, I could see Hamilton start to really push, trying to open up a gap, uh, and he succeeded a bit. I was struggling to hang on, but still hanging in there. Uh, even if it wasn't a wheel-to-wheel fight, it was nice that we could just push and race to the first stop. Mm. Uh, it was a much more raw way of fighting than last year, where you could raw. only push for a couple of laps. Right. Uh, there were some corners where he was on top of me and other corners where I was catching up. Um, so it seems like drivers are into into that as well. Yeah, they don't seem to be into some of it, including the inability to overtake, which seemed to be a, a problem. A number of them talked after the race. Um, Stoffel Vandoorne wasn't happy about the fact that his dashboard wasn't working. Uh, yeah, pretty uncool. <laughs> um, he he pulled into the pit and had to like power cycle his car yeah, to get it to come back. Yeah, to turn it off and on again. Just control delete. Yeah, basically. Control yeah. shift definitely. Lap, lap 10, he lost a lot of time there. Uh, Botas, uh, who was in third, kind of dropped off the pace with the lack of front grip, apparently. Um, Raikkonen was further back from him in fourth place, defending against Verstappen. Um, a lot of other technical problems. Grosjean pulled into the pit, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, on fire or something. With a, with a fire. Yeah. You could hear his pit crew yell, like, get out! Yeah, he jumped out of the car in a, in a rather dramatic way. It was like, oh, there must be a fire. <laughs> yeah. Uh, turbo failure, apparently. Right. Lap 15, yeah. Shame. Good qualifying. Yeah, yeah. Sixth place. I mean... Australia is good for Haas. Last year, they yes. got their very first uh, points. Yeah. Or their, they got points in their very first race. Eighth place, I think? Yeah, right, yeah. Um, it was amazing. Um, I mean, if he was there by the good grace of Daniel Ricciardo crashing as well, let's be honest. Also, but, yeah. but yeah. Uh, Palmer also retires with a brake problem. Um, but, uh, yeah, so as, let's see, by lap 13, Hamilton has stretched the gap out to about 1.8 seconds. Yeah. Uh, but as he said after the race, uh, quote, we didn't, we just didn't have the pace to pull that gap, uh, like a larger gap. Yeah. Um, and I knew that from quite early on. Also but, behooves Vettel to be outside of that one second to be out of the dirty air. Totally. So, uh, but we continued to press on this road that we were on, insinuating perhaps that his tires were worn out after skedaddling away from Vettel. I mean, that'll, right. if you're pushing really, really hard from the beginning, you're going to, you're going to waste those tires. Yeah. Uh, despite them being heartier than in years past. Lewis didn't have to do a lot of that last year. So this is kind of uncharted territory a little bit for him, whereas Vettel was a lot used to being within the packs there and, and trying to pitch to get in position against the Red Bulls. So I feel like this is a, a muscle that Vettel has been stretching a little bit more is like managing your tires while keeping pace. So uh, yeah, it was an interesting little development to see during this race. Yeah, and I think it's a good illustration of the strategy that can come into play during a race. And, right. and you know, with a potential lack of overtaking this year, 
the strategy that a lot of teams will have to mm. uh, learn to um, develop. Tires and pits. Tires and pits. Came so, up right away. Uh, all right. So I'm going to try to lay this out here. Do it. This might be a little hard to follow. Here but we go. I, talking about stretching muscles. Don't... <laughs> Don't worry if you don't fully understand what's happening here. I did, I still struggle with strategy on a race to race basis. Um, so all right, uh, Hamilton's in first with his worn out ultra soft tires. Right, Fettel also has uh, ultra softs, but they're less worn because, like yeah. you said, he kind of backed off. Um, These are the tires that they qualified in Q three. Correct. We should mention for those who are new to the sport, you uh, have to do that. mandatory if you do a lap in Q three to get ahead of Hamilton. Fettel could do what we call the undercut. Yes. Which is um which means he could pit before Hamilton, get some brand new tires, and blaze out of the pit, making up time on Hamilton, um, who's still on those tattered ultrasoft. Yes. Uh to counter this, Mercedes could pit Hamilton now uh and get him on the new tires, negating any advantage that Fettel would have since Fettel would be pitting after Hamilton. Right. The problem with pitting Hamilton now, though, is that Vettel could overcut him, mm. um, running way longer on his original tires, past the point that Hamilton pits, uh, knowing that Hamilton will have newer tires, but guessing that they'll be harder and thus slower. Yeah. Also, uh, traffic is like a question mark over all of this. You don't right. know where your car... Co- I mean, they have a, they pitched to try and not put you in traffic, but you, you never know. Totally. Um, so that would only work if, again, traffic plays in their favor mm. and if Fettel's ultrasofts weren't also tattered right which is again all a big question mark because this is the first race that we've really yeah like they we've done testing and, and qualifying and practice and stuff so we kind of have a sense of where the tires are going to be but not necessarily in race conditions mm. so the other thing is uh at the present moment hamilton is catching up to backmarker traffic and while backmarkers are implored to move aside for faster cars it's never perfect and the faster cars always slow down to some degree yeah um so on mm-hmm. lap 18 mercedes pits hamilton yeah good pit yeah 3.3 seconds uh goes from the ultra softs to the soft tires which is the hardest mm. compound <laughs> what uh <laughs> yep and rejoins in fifth place behind verstappen mm. uh you know someone easy to get around <laughs> exactly verstappen. so uh, his engineer says, all right, we're going with plan A, which we can assume is open up on Fettel with your new tires while his are fading. Hopefully, your increase in speed will be enough to jump him when he pits. Yeah. And he was. He was setting purples right away. Yeah. He needed to. Uh, until but ha- he gets to for snapping. Right. Yeah. Widest, so, widest car in F1. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that same Mercedes engineer a few laps later says, okay, Lewis, this is race critical. We do need you to get past Verstappen. You are still safe to Vettel. Yeah. Hamilton responds with something like, I don't know how you expect me to do that. Yep. Is that what he said? That's yeah. what he says. Uh, Verstappen, by the way, is lapping one second per lap slower than Vettel. Right. So he is really slowing Hamilton yeah. up. Um, and while Hamilton is in a faster car, uh, Melbourne's short DRS zones, yes. um, not to mention the increased turbulence from this year's aerodynamics, mm. uh, makes this tough, which yeah. is why Hamilton responded in that way. Uh, Vettel, meanwhile is catching that pack up ahead that Hamilton was talking about. Yes. Um, so even with Hamilton languishing behind uh, Verstappen, it's going to be close if Mercedes decides to pit, which they do on lap 23. Right. Wait, no, Ferrari. I'm sorry, Ferrari. Yeah. Yes. Because Vettel's like on the back of Stroll, I think, at this stage. Yeah, yeah, whoever's in last place. Right. Uh, so 
Hamilton pits are Fettel pits on lap 23, which is the overcut in action. Yeah. He went way longer on those tires. Five extra laps or four at least. Yes. 18 to lap 23. Mm. So, yeah, five laps. Uh, he does a 3.0 second stop. Ooh. 0.3 seconds faster. Makes a lot of difference in F1. Uh, indeed it does. And he's got Verstappen helping him out. Yeah. So, lo and behold, Fettel exits in front of Hamilton. Da, da, da. Causing furious table bashing. Yes. By one total wolf. <laughs> Very rhythmic, I would say. Yes. It's been some pretty good videos. Yeah, he's, he's in good company with uh, with our own blink, blink lord right here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my favorite part of all this is that Verstappen tries to pass Fettel. I know, it's so good. Like on his old, yeah. old tires. Max is driving his own race. He doesn't yeah. give a shit. I yeah. love Verstappen. He tried to overtake him. We, we did, there was an amazing overtake by Perez on signs actually in the middle of all that. Oh, really? My have been the best overtake of the of the race. Wow! All right, um, cool. uh, while all that was going on, but yeah, yeah, he he tried to overtake on that that turn three, I guess, right up up the inside where where Ericsson and Magnussen came to collide. But I want to say um, he even like dipped some tires into the grass too. Right? Yeah, it was meaty. It was yeah. definitely like. <laughs> could you imagine doing that? I guess imagine overtaking somebody who's just come out on fresh tires. Like, yeah. what the fuck are you thinking? Yeah, <laughs> it's just like, he doesn't care. Like, yeah, his tires Love are going to be cold for a few corners. Right? But, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Your, your Tires are 23 laps old. Yeah, it's fucking nuts. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, Hamilton, at that point, like five laps into uh, his new soft tires, yeah. which again is the hardest compound, says there's nothing left in these tires, guys. Yeah. I don't know what to make of that. Yeah, I he's don't, just making excuses. Or? I, I don't think he's, I think he's meaning for the, like, for the, mission at hand which is getting past Verstappen like he needs okay. everything he can to get past him the tires are more grippy which means Verstappen's are, are lasting longer you know all that turbulent air with the new aero stuff um wider cars and then just generally Australia being a track that you don't get that all that much uh, overtaking on especially because mm. the straights aren't as long and also because they're not really straight um yeah I think uh I think it was just like he was like all right any advantage I had to try and get past Max now I've basically Negated. worn out yeah okay. so the tires i don't have to repit but you know i just i've lost the edge as it were yeah uh sadly daniel ricardo's woes continue yeah uh on lap 24 he has a fuel flow problem bad sounds come from his car and he has to pull over yeah engine failure i think engine failure which i mean they have one less engine this year so i don't know if that's like written off or whether they get to fix that one a bit but I was just like, huh, all right, that's not great. Yeah, his, his engineer says, okay, Daniel, P0, which, really, way to wow. rub it in, man. Jesus. Uh, sorry, mate, car's done. Cheers, dude. <laughs> uh, after the race, Ricardo says, for all these things to happen in my home race, that's probably the most frustrating thing. But look, it's the first race, so hopefully we'll move forward from this. Uh, Max's pace in the ra- race looked uh, more encouraging, so I think we're better than what we're showing, but it's still a bit of a puzzle we're trying to figure out. Mm. Uh, all right, lap 26. Uh, you can just burn through the rest of this. Yeah, I don't have a lot more <laughs> notes here. Uh, Verstappen, who's behind Raikkonen at this point, pits from fourth, uh, still ahead of Hamilton, and knowing that the pit stops will be close to Raikkonen, mm. uh, puts on super soft tires. So he pitted from right behind Raikkonen and is thinking that, all right, when Rackenden pits, he'll cycle out in front of me like yeah. he is now, uh, but I'll be on super softs to his softs and maybe yeah. I can overtake him. 
Um, Raikkonen does indeed pit a lap later, goes on to soft tires, and uh, despite some hard braking by Verstappen, Raikkonen does manage to hold hmm. him off. Uh, but, I li- but I like your thinking. Yeah. Uh, uh, by the way, Alonso has been in 10th pretty much this whole time. Yeah. Looking to get some points Fair for play. the fledgling McLaren. However, on lap 52, he uh, he comes under fire from Ocon and Hulkenberg, who execute right. a real flashy double pass yeah. uh, mm. on Alonso for 10th and 11th. It was awesome. Yeah. Like, seeing both those cars, like, sweep out on the straight right. to get around him. Was, Three wide. Yeah. At <laughs> one stage, actually, on, on lap 53, uh, which is uh, super wide with these cars. Yeah. Uh, Alonso was rewarded with either a puncture or suspension damage. Right from contact with Ocon and has to retire. Uh, apparently, he said, though, after the race that holding those cars off had been one of the greatest races of his life. <laughs> I, love, I love Fernando Alonso. Yeah. Such a positive guy. Yeah. I love it. Did you see everyone try to get um, fastest lap? I saw it like, your, trading places all the time. It's so strange. Right at the end of the race, I was like, oh, fuck it. Let's just go for fastest lap. Yeah. Uh, I mean, everyone's fuel's burned off. Yeah. They don't need to conserve tires anymore. They're going all Well, they out. might because it's the end of the race. But like, well, yeah. some of them just like didn't need to. For, like Danny Kvyat had the fastest lap on lap sure. 53. Um, I think... I think uh, I can end with it? Uh, Verstappen went. Kvyat. I think Kimi did get it in the end. Yeah. Okay. Which makes sense. He was on... He was on good tires by the end. But hey, guess what? Yeah, lap 57, he, he got the pass lap right right at the end when his teammate crossed the line. That's right. Here you go. Yeah. Sebastian Vettel wins the inaugural 2617 <laughs> race <laughs> in Australia. Yeah, there you go. So, I mean, okay, good points, bad points. Bad points, not much overtaking. Mm. Kind of what we expected from Melbourne anyway. Uh, some, I mean, I'll, Lewis Hamilton complaining about overtaking is not exactly fucking news to anyone. Um, but you know, the person who's never in a position to need to overtake complains the most about overtaking. But but also there was some general like yeah, like you had other cars in there who generally do a lot of overtaking, not really doing much. I think even Verstappen was like, yes, yeah, it's tough. Yeah. So when he says it, maybe people start to listen. Um, good thing. We have a competitive Ferrari this year. How competitive? We don't know. The first lap, again, you've always got outliers. You talked about Roman Grosjean last year at Haas getting so high up. Um, Melbourne is a track that suits certain people. Um, I think the next race will be very telling because China is a it's a long lap. Um, it's bendy, but like not in the same way as this. Not low. You know, it's it's mid-gear turns, a lot of it, and then incredibly long straight. Uh, two of them, uh, but the longest one in, in, in the field or in, in the season. Um, so we'll have to see. But, I mean... Just to see Sebastian Vettel on the bloody number one podium for the first time in donkeys uh, is is pretty amazing. So yeah. hopefully we'll see more of that. Uh, if you can't have a competitive field, which they don't really have, you know, the Ferraris and the Mercedes were in the league of their own again this time, it looked like. Um, the least you can ask for is for Mercedes to at least have somebody to worry about. So looks like they do. And hopefully we'll get Ricardo not crashing in Q3 and see if he can uh, yeah. throw a, a wrench in the works or a spanner, um, depending on where you're from. <laughs> I don't know what Australia uses. What they're fucking... Rocks. Rigger. They probably call it or something. I sure. That's yeah. a good one. A tinny. A tinny. A, t- a tinny. Yeah, tinny. Tinny screw. You tin it. Yeah. I'm sorry, uh, Australia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, uh, I totally agree. I think um, the, the overtaking thing is I'm of kind of two minds about it. Mm. Like, yeah, overtaking is fun to watch, but I feel like it's only fun to watch when you, when you earn it. 
Right. Um, and Not when it's artificial. Right. And I may just be the insane race fan, mm. uh, but I think even if there's like only a handful of overtakes in the entire race, right. as long as... You know, there's suspense around them, and they're they're yeah. set up, and they're crafty. Then, like that, makes them meaningful. Right. So it's 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 like a soccer game. Like, imagine if they change right. soccer to have more scoring. Like, that's yeah, not the, that's not the point. Yeah, you're the right. The point is, well, they almost scored. Like, that's that's the excitement. If you chart the excitement of the soccer game, it still goes up and down despite mm. the fact that the score is zero. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm really curious to see how this this season shakes out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Vettel on top in Australia. Followed by second place Hamilton, third place Valtteri Bottas, yeah. uh, fourth place Raikkonen, fifth place Verstappen, uh, sixth place Massa, uh, seventh place uh, Sergio Perez making up three spots Ooh. from his starting place, Carlos Sainz in eighth, followed by Kafiat in ninth, uh, Esteban Ocon in tenth, mm. getting that last point. He moved up three spots as well. Uh, nice Nico Hulkenberg in eleventh, uh, Antonio Giovinazzi bringing home his. Sauber uh, in 12th, and finally, Stoffel van Dorn. Oh, Stoffel. Stoffel. He got 13th. He did. But he finished the race, unlike Alonso, Magnussen, Stroll, Ricardo, Ericsson, Palmer, and Grosjean. Yeah, a lot of unforced uh, retirements there as well. I mean, yeah. we'd, we won impact, but yeah, it's a bit of a shame. Did you see Nico Rosberg watching the race on <laughs> the world's weirdest TV set-off? Yes. <laughs> He's he's a rich person. He doesn't live like normal people, except hey that he has to get up at five a.m. like yeah. the rest of us. I know. Hey guys, it's pretty good. It's pretty Thank good, Rosberg. Hey guys, I'm just. I want to show you that I'm I'm one of you now. I'm just watching the race um, on my circular uh, coffee table where I put my television on, and uh, yes, I'm here with my wife and my child, and uh, I'm the champion, <laughs> and. I hope. Uh, good luck to all my former teammates. Uh, I hope it's a good race. Goodbye. <laughs> Hashtag Nico. He's such a weird because he's so like. This is what happens when you just got a massive like following, despite your personality. <laughs> like I like Nico <laughs> Rosberg a lot, and he's an amazing champion. But he's not like. I guess we're just used to like really um, enigmatic individuals on social media. And yeah. He's just so fucking dry. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah. That's why I like Valtteri good Bottas. For him. I think. Because he's, 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 he's the ultimate drive. He is he's like the fucking Sahara Desert. In his uh, normality. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, what does he do on the weekend? You know? Just, Cuts the grass, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and here he is, like, next to Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> right? The exact opposite. Yeah. Like, doing selfies with him in front of his bright red personal jet. Oh, God, really? Have you seen that jet? It's, no. It's pretty nice. Jesus. Oh, bright red? Bright red. It must be silver. Silver arrows. Come oh, on, man. man. It's, it's the brand. It's the Hamel brand. <laughs> Hammer time. Points Me. don't look a lot different than the finishing. <laughs> uh, really? But yeah, yeah. Fettel's got 25, Hamilton 18, Botas 15, Rackin' 12, Verstappen 10, Massa 8, Perez 6, Signs 4, Kvyat 2, Ocon 1. Everybody else got 0. Uh, teams Ferrari on top. Look at mm. that, 37 points. Mercedes right behind him with 33, followed by Red Bull with 10, Williams with 8, Force India with 7, Toro Rosso Jesus. with 6, and everybody else has 0. Uh, driver of the day on F1.com slash vote. Oh yeah, who was it? Was Sebastian Vettel. Of course it was. Way to go. Not always the winner. No, that's true. But that Now that Rio Harianto is not there. 
<laughs> All those bots. Uh, um, also, right after the race, not even after the race, fans started streaming oh, onto yeah. the track. This apparently was really... FIA is going to be looking into this, apparently. A little weird. Early pitch invasion, or track invasion, as it were. Um, Australian Grand Prix Corporation Chief Executive Andrew Westacott says, uh, from what I am led to believe, there could have been a mistake made in the signals as to when people could exit onto the track, but that is being investigated, so I won't speculate on the outcome of that until I have all the facts. Please don't sue me. Yeah, he he did speculate. It was like halfway <laughs> through that sentence he realized he was speculating and then said, right. I'm not speculating. Sorry. Uh... <laughs> The faster cars apparently led to the shortest, well, faster cars and the aborted start, yeah. causing the lap uh, laps to shorten by one, uh, resulted in the shortest ever Melbourne race at one hour, 24 minutes and 11 yeah, seconds. it's like a fucking horror movie. It was done in 90 minutes. It's amazing. <laughs> um, That's that, what my wife calls it, the length. It's about the it's the ninety minutes is about how much she can like take a movie before she gets bored. Oh really? And we watch horror movies all the time, and they're all the length. Nice. They're all like. What's your favorite horror movie? Oh God, ever? Yeah. I'm trying to think of like good ones that have. We watched. We've watched so many. We've watched like fifty in the past year. Wow. Easily, like we've burned through so many of them. Um, I mean, Babadook's really good. Okay. It follows is really good. Right. It follows has this thing where it's like set in some like near future thing. The whole, se- you know, the setup of it kind of is that like there's basically like somebody slowly walking towards you, and if they touch you, you fucking die. But yeah. like you just drive far away enough, and it's gonna take them a couple of days to get to you. So it's like it's like constant there. My favorite thing about the whole thing is that one of the girls at one stage is just like on her phone, but it's not a phone; it's like a shell. It's just like a shell, like a seashell. Like she, yeah, like she opens up the seashell and starts man? like talking to somebody on it, huh. and like they don't even reference it or anything. And it's just like this weird little universe building thing that they put in there. I can't get over it. It's a fucking shell thing. It's weird. Nice. Anyway, that's a good movie. Cool. There's right. lots of good movies. Uh, I'm a big fan of The Descent. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I like that that's one. The, is that the one set in Scotland? Caves? North England? Mm, maybe. Yeah. The Girls? Yeah. yeah. Girls in the Cave? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Girls in the Cave. Great movie. Better name. <laughs> uh, in other news, Your spaceship. Six Axis. Do you ever play Descent? Yeah. The video game? This is the very first game I ever bought. Really? Yep. Wow. Yep. Wireframe 3D graphics. Ahead of its time. I, I, textures? Yeah. Oh, I guess it did. Yeah, not yeah. wireframe. And the map was wireframe. Right. Yeah, and like got to fucking get the hell out of there. Yeah. The space station's going to blow up. Mm-hmm. Get out of there. Fettel's new car mm. uh, has her own name. Oh. Last year it was Margarita. Okay. Uh, and according to build.de, <laughs> Jesus ya. Ooh. Fieldivala Hina. Hina. Uh, which means in German, this year the choice fell on Gina. Gina. Which is apparently okay. short for Regina, which means queen in Latin. There you go. His Italian's gotten way better. Oh, yeah. Every time he talks now, it's just like amazing. Yeah, whenever, whenever he wins, I yeah, guess. Exactly. It's a stream of Italian. <laughs> Forza Ferrari. Yeah. He's good at that. It's ridiculous. He knows exactly what's up. Uh, and I have a. <laughs> I have an article here from uh, the Daily Mail, mm. which it's who, a rag. Who, who no talked, one should ever go buy. <laughs> Ch- sorry, uh, who talked with Bernie Eccleston? And oh, I yeah. imagine a conversation between the Daily Mail and Bernie Eccleston just must yeah. be like are, they're Grace. trying to outdo each other. Yeah, let's just fucking talk about how immigrants are ruining F one or something. I don't know. <laughs> Some fucking straw man argument like that. Uh, but he he does talk about like his sort of. Uh, He's candidly talking about his approach to Formula One, okay. which I thought was really illuminating in the light of the, mm. the acquisition by Liberty. Um, 
and just so on the money with how I assumed that he thought about it. Right. Uh, quote, uh, I, look at it, I look at it in a different way to other people. Everyone wants to go to a restaurant where you can't get a seat. So I was very strict with things like paddock passes. Liberty's philosophy is more open. They have an American culture, and at an American race, everyone is in the paddock in the pits, and they can chat with the drivers and sit in their cars. In F1, we have been running a five-star Michelin restaurant, not a hamburger joint. <laughs> but maybe now the cuisine will be more accessible. Maybe it will, be, maybe it will even have better taste. There you go. Oh, that was nice. Yeah, that was nice. He's, he's yeah, he's trying to make like a like an In-N-Out, or he's trying to he wants She's it to curious. be In-N-Out. Yeah, yeah. He, he doesn't want it to be a Burger King. Yeah, actually, I like Whopper. Uh, and sure enough, tweet from F1 broadcaster Mark Gallagher says, uh, "Just got to the uh, just got to answer the question of how many more guest paddock passes teams have provided in 2017. Allocation has doubled. Cool. All right. So sure." Whatever. Slow changes here, but yeah. it looks like changes are being made. Um, and finally, uh, a an interesting article from sports.vice.com. Okay, I didn't wow. Even know Vice had a sports section. All right, they got an everything section. Uh, but they seek to answer, and I thought this would be uh, prescient in our in the start of the Formula One season and people who are new to F one. Mm. Uh, they seek to answer scientifically how much of the performance is the driver and how much of the performance is Ooh. the car. Um, so uh, they talked to um, Andrew Phillips, an applied mathematician and assistant professor at Harvard Medical School, Ooh. also an F1 enthusiast who recently published a mathematical model in the peer-reviewed Journal of Quantitative Analysis in Sports Jesus. to compare and rank drivers across the history of the series. Uh, Moneyball for motorsports, essentially. Um, quote, the results are largely dictated for a driver by what team they're in. Uh, it's exactly what people have been qualitatively argued over the years, but mm. uh, it's just we've been able to put a number on it using the model. That number, as it turns out, is 61%. In other words, driver performance accounts for less than 40% of the variance in results. The rest is governed by the car. There you go. Uh, I have not dug into I mean, that's, you know the science here. 61%. But 61% car, 40%. That's such a weird way of looking at this. 39% driver. Like, that kind of feels right to me, though. I mean, it does because Mercedes have been dominant. Red Bull were dominant. Ferrari were dominant. Like, this. Yeah. Right. But you. But as the driver, you cannot overcome your car. No, totally. Like you can't yeah. be the 51%. There is a ceiling. Here. Yeah. Yeah. That you reach. Um, I'll, I'll link to that. Um, people can um, can read it and take their, their own. Bring your calculators. Bring your calcs. 61%. Uh, again, f1.cool for show notes, stuff like that. Mm. Shall we take it around the world, Danny? Race around the world. Sorry, <clears throat> that wasn't very good. Uh, that's the thing. I'm worried about these new microphones. I'm worried about bra- blaring it out. Yeah, you got to get some hardware compressors in here. Right? Race around the world. I, right, I didn't bit. see any focus. All right, I didn't see any peaking. Is that okay? Yes. Yeah. Did it. Danny. What up? Formula E is back. Is it? Yes, this uh, weekend at the Autodromo Hermanos Rodriguez in Mexico City. Jesus. For the... It's not a city. Julius Bear? Sure. Julius Bear? I don't know. It's a European brand. I don't really know what they do. Fucking I don't know either. Julius Bear. <laughs> Look him up. Uh, the Julius Bear, Mexico City. E pre? Ooh. Already. God damn it. NASCAR's five oh, races it's a private in. bank in Switzerland. Yeah, that's fucking checks out. Uh, the British Touring Car Championship kicks off their season at Brands Hatch, yeah. which is near Swanley in Kent, England. Yeah, Brands Hatch, one of the most famous circuits in the Europe, I would say. 
the World Rally Cross Championship is at the Circuit de Catalunya in Barcelona, Spain, mm. for their opening round. Uh, the World Superbike Championship is at Motorland Aragon in Middle Earth. <laughs> Never gets old. AKA Madrid, Spain, for their third round. The NHRA is at Las Just Vegas Motor Speedway. Just follow your local Wraith rider to get access to. Wraith cars? Ra- yeah, there you go. There you go. Super Wraith cars. Speedy Wraith cars. <laughs> the one true auto ring. Wow. Sorry. The one true Hockenheim ring? Mm, no one go. true Nuremberg ring? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, NHRA is at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway in Las Vegas, Nevada. You know what their uh, their drag racing section is called? No. The Strip. <laughs> of course it is. Uh, for the Denso Spark It's called Plugs. Oakland Raiders. That's <laughs> what it's called now. Fuck. Fuck you, Vegas. Anyway, the sorry. Denso Spark Plugs, NHRA, A Nationals. Camping World <laughs> Truck! <laughs> yeah, I don't think he Didn't speak. Uh, is at the Martinsville Speedway in Ridgeway, Virginia for the Alpha Energy Solutions 250 in Danny. Yeah. NASCAR. NASCAR. NASCAR is at the Martinsville Speedway in Ridgeway, Virginia. My God. For the STP 500. Ain't no virgins in NASCAR. <laughs> Don't know what that means. Neither <laughs> do I. Just keep going. Keep moving. NASCAR's had fucking five different winners in five races. Yeah, isn't that yeah, crazy? Burning up over there. If you want racing, there's racing pretty much every weekend yeah, in NASCAR. That's, yeah, I know. You, keep, you literally cannot never stop. I thought the season finished like three weeks ago. It's, What's going it's on? It's such a long season. It's, it started like February and will go until November. It's, it's nuts. Not so. uh, hmm? Usually, this is where we do emails. Uh, we've had some problems with the email yeah, thing. Yeah, my bad. Um, emails at f1.cool is currently down. Hopefully, I'll get it back up. If you go to f1.cool forward slash emails, though, or just go to f1.cool and click on emails. Click on emails, yeah. There's a form. Fill out the form. Yes. Also, we're on Twitter. You can follow Ow. at Shift F1 Podcast for show notes and any fun F1 stuff we run across. I am Andrew Scanlon. I'm at Danny Dwyer. I got one more section left, though. Surprise section. Nice. I'm going to I'm gonna finish off with uh, uh, this shout out to oh, yeah, uh, James from Vineland, New Jersey. Vineland. And- or sure is that a Vinland if you're <laughs> if you're English and John from Louisiana who let us know that Sling TV ain't all it's cracked up to be oh really um, apparently that is uh, it, it, while it is a way to watch NBC Sports Network yeah um, it is it does not allow you to log into the NBCSN app oh uh, and does not have DVR functionality oh, or if it no. does it's in like beta okay so. Right. Um, John says, um, yes, their service does not provide access to the NBCSN app. It means if you want to view any of the app-exclusive practice sessions or even sometimes qualifying that isn't aired on actual NBCSN, which is true because CNBC and NBC sometimes carry yes. them. Um, but regardless, they Monaco, will always... they show everything. Right, that'll be NBC. Right. But regardless, it'll always be on the NBCSN app. Mm. But if you just have Sling TV and have your thing to record... Oh, sucks. Yeah. All right. Um, but he says last year, DirecTV uh, launched their own lower cost streaming TV service, Ooh. DirecTV Now, and they do include access to NBC, SN, and the Fox Sports Go apps in their plans. Um, that's cool. So, uh, yeah, we actually have a uh, now HBO Now, PlayStation Now, yeah, now, now. Shift F one Now. Uh, we also have a section on F one dot cool. Um, I believe it is F one dot cool slash F one FAQ. No, it's F1 hyphen FAQ. It's a lot to of change F- that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it says uh, all the different ways you can watch Formula One in the United yes. States. Yes. Um, nice work, but not together. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. 
uh, DirecTV Now, PlayStation View, uh, Sling TV, but again with the caveats that there's mm. no DVR and that you can't log into the NBCSN app. DVR. Uh, DVR. <laughs> uh, also, apparently Hulu and YouTube are both launching cord-cutting services uh, within the next year, with the, or I guess before the end of the year, this year, uh, that will include NBCSN. So the landscape may change. Um, so thank you uh, to you guys who wrote in and told us about Sling TV. Also, John says, don't know if you all have seen it, but Esteban Gutierrez joined the Tachita Formula E team and will be their second driver behind Jean-Eric Verne. Excellent. Starting with the Mexico E-Prix. Yeah, perfect. Good fit. Yep. Nice work. Uh, but before we close out, Australia, Danny. Yeah. Should we talk about an Australian? I want to talk about an Australian. Yeah. I thought it'd be cool to, you know, we do the track walk stuff every week, but, you know, it's been four seasons of that. So um, I thought it'd be interesting to, to add a new little bit of flavor to the, the podcast. Um, so what I decided to do is maybe in the weeks where we're not doing track walks um, or, or track descriptions or pre-races or whatever, uh, let's talk about some uh, figures in F1 uh, in the history. Names yeah, that I, keep popping up. I'm particularly curious about this because, as everyone knows, I only came into Formula One in the end of 2013. Right. We did our first season in 2014. So so I have only heard of these names, right? Uh, that, but heard them a lot, yeah. Uh, and would love to know more about them. Uh, so, how about a name that we we struggled to pronounce for the past two years? <laughs> uh, Jack Brabham, 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 Brab Brabham, Brabham, Brabham. You pronounce the ham, Brabham, Brabham. Not Brabham is probably an American way of saying it. Brabham, Brabham, Brabham. Okay, Jack Brabham. Nice. You may have heard of him. He <laughs> has a Formula One team named after him for a while. Um. Uh. Yeah, and he's an Australian, so I thought it would be a perfect uh, person to talk about. I uh, was born in 1926 in Sydney, um, Australia. Okay. Um. Sadly, passed away a number of years ago, 2014, uh, in his in his native country on the Gold Coast. Um. So Bram was a uh, he was a, an Air Force mechanic, as were many sort of of the that era, the 60s era Formula One people, because you're talking about you know folks who were in their early 20s or late teens when when the war happened, and of course, um, especially in Australia, they had a, a pretty um. A decent uh, air force uh, to combat what may have been a lot worse. Do you learn a lot about the World War Two in Australia? Not really. It's weird. It's I, I've only come across like little. It's one of the ones that just never gets told about, like the the bombing runs and stuff that happened around there. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, he he did that, and then uh, he his first sort of like racing. Um, discipline that he got into was something which i'd actually never heard of before uh called midget cars um which he drove in 1948 they're also known as speed cars uh, speed cars yeah it was invented it's a terrible in, name isn't it <laughs> i mean midget cars isn't much better You're right they're they're really weird like high power to weight ratio carts they're a little bit taller if you saw a picture of one you, you know exactly what we're talking about um it was in, uh, invented in the 30s uh, in, uh, in Los Angeles, and they basically did like a world tour of them. Um, it came to Australia in the, in the you know, mid to late 30s uh, and then got super popular. So he drove those in, in uh, yeah, the late 40s, um, which is his, his – are you looking at a picture of him? Yeah, are right these – um, yeah. are they uh, – They're kind of run on dirt tracks and stuff. They're are like, they sprint cars? Those little these? dudes? Yeah, those little things. Okay, yeah. there's, so there's – what yeah, in them? America they're called sprint cars. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, and they're they're cars that uh, yeah they look almost like um, dune buggies without the big shocks, right? Uh, and they they drift around dirt tracks. Mm. Uh, a number of NASCAR drivers, um, it's kind of their karting, like they go there to keep their skills sharp. Oh really? For fun. Yeah. <laughs> 
um yeah uh, so i i guess you know it's like the the equivalent of carting for for some of the uk people um he did actually end up moving to the uk um and joined the cooper who were an f1 team uh helped design and raced uh, one of their cars uh for formula one and for um indy 500 as well um and he won his first uh world championship in 1959 um and behind a bunch of folks like for instance sterling moss i think came mm-hmm. third that year um he won the next year as well 1960 pipping his uh, kiwi friend bruce mc McLaren um, in uh, one of Cooper's uh, very popular mid-engine cars around then. Uh, then he left, uh, started his own uh, racing company, uh, Brabham, um, in 1962, um, which made sort of um, custom uh, cars. Uh, sorry, yeah, crazy, not a racing company necessarily, it was just a car uh, manufacturing uh, company. Um, or what would you call it? Not manufacturing. Manufacturing implies lots of people. Uh, what's that word for, for individually crafting something? It's one of my favorite words. Bespoke. Oh, I'll come to me in a second. Hmm. Um, but uh, in 1966, uh, with uh, the Brabham F1 team, he became the first and still only person to win a championship in a car designed by the driver. That's awesome. Um, which is pretty incredible. Uh, incredible, too, the way he won it. Um, he dramatically pushed his car over the line. What? The American Grand Prix. Yeah. <laughs> it was really weird. Um, it was... Uh, it was. What uh, year was this? 66. So same year... Just- lawless yeah it's uh he was apparently there was a lot of controversy around this race because it was three months after the penultimate race and he reckons that if it wasn't for how close the division the series was at the time um that he wouldn't uh, that the race wouldn't have gone ahead uh, at all Uh, bruce mclaren actually um won that race uh but his car uh, Brabham's car, like on the last corner ran out of fuel so he got out and pushed it i think he finished fifth um, but he he won on he won on points. It was enough for him wow. to, to do it. Um, but McLaren, who won that race, uh, I, I think was uh, the youngest person to to win a Grand Prix at that time at twenty two years old. Wow! Um, so even then, they were getting pretty young. Um, Bram ran Bram with his friend uh, Ron Tornarak, another Australian, from 1961 until 1970. Uh, he eventually sold the company for 100000 Sorry, he didn't say. He actually left. And then uh, Ron, the following year, after running out on his own for, for a year, um, got pushed out. And was uh, the company was sold um, to a, a, a British uh, entrepreneur. You may have heard of him, Bernie Eccleston, um, <laughs> who ran the company from 1972 until 87. Uh, then it entered a weird sort of phase where it got passed around a bunch of... Uh, um, he sold it on somebody else who sold it on again before the circuit start. The season started. What are you selling at that point? Um, I mean, you're selling the equipment, uh, the equipment, the Staff. name, um, uh, yeah, research. You okay. know, data. Although data. I'm sure back then it was probably less data. It was just um, what would you call it? Like a industrial um, in- intellect. What do you call that? Like uh, corporate, corporate. Oh no, no, not even that. But like just corporate knowledge. Yeah. You know, the knowledge of the people who are on the team as well. Um, uh, yeah, uh, I guess by virtue of the fact that around then there was a lot of sort of crazy stuff going on in terms of teams in the late 80s, the, it got passed around a bunch, then somebody who owned it got into financial trouble, and it, it eventually sort of um, spluttered to a halt in 1992. Um, Bram himself retired to Australia after the 1970 uh, season. He bought a farm at the behest of his wife, uh, somewhere between Sydney and Melbourne, because she wanted to... 
um, move into the country so their sons would grow up away from motorsports. Um, their three sons, Gary Brabham, Formula 300, uh, 3000 champion. Uh, David Brabham, who got 30 starts in Formula 1 himself. Um, oh, wow. And Jeff Brabham, who has nine podiums in cars and took place in 10 Indy 500s. Wow. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, both David and Jeff actually uh, won, uh, have a Le Mans each as well. Wow. Uh, so pretty prolific family. Uh, all three of them are, I guess, retired in some way. Uh, I, I think uh, David is is launching Project Bram, which is their new um, uh, initiative to get back into racing in some sort of way. Um, uh, Gary's retired and, and, and Jeff, I believe, is also retired and, and they're all still alive and well. Uh, Jack himself died... Uh, like I said, in uh, 2014, on May 19th, at the ripe old age of 88, uh, while he was having breakfast with his wife, Margaret. Mm. Uh, yeah, uh, somebody tried to revive the Brabham name in 2010, but it was some weird IP dispute thing where they tried to rename it without the family being involved, huh. um, which eventually led to them shoring up the, the trademark or whatever, so nobody could do that. Um, but yeah, like I said, um, they... They've uh, the the new sort of um, Brabham racing as a word that started in, in 2014. Uh, plans to enter the 2015 FIA World Endurance Championship um, and a bunch of other things. Um, Formula really? e, Formula E as well and L- Formula One, like just scoping it out. So I don't know what the deal is with the with the project now, but oh. apparently that's still a thing. Uh, yeah, do you want to run through some some numbers yeah. uh, for for Jack? Let's do it. Uh, 128 entries in Formula One, 126 starts, three championships, 1959, 60, and 66. Uh, 66 being in the car he designed himself. 14 wins, 31 podiums, 253 uh, career points, 13 pole positions, 12 fastest laps. Uh, his first race was in the British Grand Prix in Silverstone 1955, and his last was in uh, 1970 in Mexico, which I'm guessing was Hermanos Rodriguez. I don't actually know. Uh, his last one was in the South career. African Grand Prix, oh. which we haven't had in quite a long while. Uh, yeah, so that was the, the life and times of Mr. Jack Brabham uh, and his uh, his family of, <laughs> of farming non-racers. <laughs> Imagine uh, tilling the earth with, like, a sprint car. <laughs> That'd be cool. Get caught in the gravel a lot. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Yeah, mm. I mean, I'm sure we'll be seeing that name more and more. Mm. Uh, so when we do, it'll be nice to yeah. be able to put... Have a bit of history behind it. A little history to the, yeah. to the name. If anyone has any suggestions for people we should talk about in future ones, I'm open to it as well. I'm going to try and tie it in somewhat to the race if I can. Sure. Uh, but, yeah, if there's uh, an individual people from any era, uh, please uh, let me know. There's no shortage of, of people to talk about. Awesome. Well, thanks. No worries. Um, and that's all I've got for this episode of Shift F1. Well, then I guess every time I say it, it feels weird, right? What, Shift F1? Yeah. It's like when you stopped like dating some girl and then you're dating another and then you're like, you just got to make sure you don't say it. It's like <laughs> there's like a little block that's there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. I'm happy to be here with my new partner, Shift F1. That's right. <laughs> uh, hey, if anyone wants to do a Shift F1 logo for absolutely oh, yeah. zero dollars. Uh, I don't know. I like cool. the one that you currently have. <laughs> with the temp logo? Yeah. Did it automatically make it black and red on iPod? No, that was that, me. Oh, you did that too? Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. That's really good. It looks super intense and futuristic. Yeah. Oh, wait, no. The automatic color thing? Yeah, the color thing. Yeah, I think it extracted that from... The logo? The logo. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, love it. Um... As always, you can uh, head over to f1.cool for show notes. The F1 FAQ uh, uh, details how to fun, get us. Fun fact. Fun fact. 
Phone fact. Frequently one asked questions. <laughs> Uh, and details how to get us in your ear holes. We are on iTunes. We're working on Google Play. It is related to that email mm. uh, uh, problem. I got some stuff to fix. Um, we'll figure it out. Uh, but uh, until then, uh, thank you very much, everyone. I am Drew Scanlon. I'm Daniel And we will see you next week. Meow. Meow.